Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? This is Valerie, your host of PFW Podcast. We are here again, sharing our safe space um, with whomever needs to be set free, needs to heal, or wants to celebrate a healing. And today I'm excited about um, my guest. She's going to be talking about tearing walls down, um, talking about childhood and adult abuse. And her name is Pamela Nichols. And I want to tell you a little bit about Pamela. Pamela is true crime dramas, smothered pork chops, rain, Jesus. Pamela Nichols loves them all. She also enjoys writing Christian fiction. Her Inside Out series features characters with issues that require more than church as usual. Her stories combat the falsehoods believed about God and point readers to the power and grace of truth. A freelance journalist for nearly two decades, Pamela also helps Christian writers present their story with clarity and confidence. Pamela is a veteran homeschool mommy who has worked in social services, law enforcement, and the corporate office of a Fortune 200 company. She lives in Hampton Roads, Virginia, and you can find her books on Amazon, so please go out and support her. And she'd love to connect with you on Facebook. So I want to welcome our guest, Pamela Nichols. Thank you so much, Valerie. It's great to be here. Um, If you had told me 20 years ago, I was going to say a teenager, but I wasn't thinking this way when I was a teenager. But if you told me 20 years ago that some of the things that I had experienced as a child would still be basically ruling my life, I would have told you, no, that's that's not true. But here I am um, in my mid-50s, and I'm finding out that is true. I had a lot of trauma. I had a lot of drama. I had a lot of bad things that happened to me while I was growing up. Before the age of nine, I had suffered every kind of abuse that you can name. Um, my child, my childhood home was chaotic. There were some things going on there. Um, and some of that stuff just really started rearing its head in the last few years. And, um, but what I will say is when I look back on it, I can see that God has been with me, that he has prepared a way for me. And it was just really up to me to accept that and to walk into my healing. There's this thing going around on Facebook that says the bad things that have happened to you are not your fault, but it is your responsibility to get healing. Mm. And I think for a number of years I did, and possibly some of your readers are doing now, is they're blaming um, everything that is happening bad in their life on what has happened to them. And I I get that. I get that. Um, It's a mean world out there. We have some unhealed people who are hurting people. We are being hurt by the people that should be the primary people loving us, our parents. We are hurt by partners. We are hurt by friends. We are hurt by society has a certain view of us that hurts us. Um, We're hurt by coworkers. There's enough pain to go around and And if you're not careful, it is just so much easier to focus on that pain. Yes, it is. And, you know, what you're saying is is so true. And, you know, I was talking to someone else about depression and um, the, I guess, the discoverance or the nucleus of the depression. 
you know, for me, like, I thought my depression started, you know, when my husband was diagnosed in 2000 with, with this rare lung disease that was inevitably going to take him out of here. And not until he passed, and then maybe several years later, did I realize that my depression never started then. My depression started from childhood, just like you're saying, you know, but the thing is that why didn't we recognize the depression? Was it because, you know, we came from a dysfunctional family that we thought was functional and that's how we seen things done. So we thought it was okay. Then we grow up and we just do the same thing that we've, you know, a learned behavior. And, you know, I'm like, what point did I not realize I was depressed? You know, I think, you know, my bitterness, my anger, my bleeding all over people, I felt was just the norm for me to do because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's so um, mind boggling that I I couldn't realize it until I was in my 60s. And at what point do we get lost that we don't even know depression when it's presented? I think it's because we have a certain view, two reasons really. I think it's because we have a certain view of depression. We, when I used to hear the word depression, I thought someone who was staying in bed with their blankets pulled over their head in a dark room. Mm-hmm. That's what depression meant to me. I wasn't doing that. I had a good job. You know, I had friends. We'll talk about friends later, but you know, I, I wasn't doing that. Right. So I wasn't depressed. I was just, I just had a bad mood every now and again, but I was, it was justified because in my mind, because of the things that happened to me. And again, back to what you said, I think we don't recognize it because it takes all of our energy to appear normal. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not on antidepressants today, but I, I don't have a problem with it. If I need it, listen, I'm going to get them. But when right. I was, I remember when, when I felt those things kick in in my brain and I spent a day or two like, oh my God, is this what normal people feel? I mean, I felt the difference. My mind was not racing. I did not hinge on one little thought and, and I'm just running down the road with it, you know, mm-hmm. I felt the difference. So those two reasons are the reasons I think that we don't recognize depression. One, right. because it doesn't look the way, we're not looking the way we think depression looks. Mm-hmm. And two is because we are so uh, preoccupied and focused on pulling our brain back in and, and, yes. and you know, trying to stay on this straight and narrow. Yes. For me, and it might be the same for you or possibly the same for, for listeners. I had one particular incident that happened um, that just took me under. Mm. And that's when I knew, okay, okay, I gotta, I gotta get this together. Yes. But God is so merciful. And when I look back on it, I was like, oh my God, he, he, he prepared me for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He prepared me for it. And I, and I mean that in a very literal sense. Um, not the John 3.16 prepared me for it, but that night before I went to bed, I had read something. Um, and then I woke about two in the morning and I, I, I had a breakdown for as, as, as much as I can explain it, but I felt him beside me. I truly did. And the noise that was coming up out of me, I mean, I was wailing, but I was getting delivered. Right. And that was my first step. 
Yes, releasing all of that. I was releasing and I could feel him beside. I wasn't even frightened. Mm -hmm. I could feel him beside me. But and then I kept having a thought, oh, my God, God, you told me, you know. So anyway, anyway, long story short, I think that's the reason we don't see it, because it doesn't look the way we think it's going to look. And because we're so tired. um, And then what does cause us to see it usually is some big thing. It just rocks our world. And we are given the opportunity. Look, are you going to keep faking the funk or are you going to change? Exactly. Or are you going to address this? And that is what happened to me. You get tired of of being phony. You know, I mean, if you if I mean, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, being authentic is is what people need to see. They don't need to see all the little accolades that I have and the perfection and all that. Right. They need to see the truth. And exactly. Like it says, the truth will set you free. So authenticity will set you free. You will win with authenticity. And, you know, like you said, going in inside, deep inside and seeing what is causing me mm-hmm. to act like this. Why do mm-hmm. I feel this way? Why do I act like that? So you are absolutely correct. Exactly. And I'm still going, I, I am still healing, but I feel so helpful and hopeful. Um, I know it's going to be all right. Yes. I know it's going to be all right. I feel him with me. I am giving myself grace for when I mess up. I am patting myself on the back and hugging myself when I make even the smallest um, step forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And steps forward don't look the way we think they're going to look either. And That's another don't. thing, too. They don't, you know, and, and we were talking earlier about that because sometimes, you know, we look at people and they're in chapter 10 and we're in chapter one. Exactly. We in chapter 10. Yes. But we won't, don't want to do the things, to, you know, to digress into, no, not digress, to, to proceed to get to chapter 10. We just want mm-hmm. to like chapter one, chapter 10. Exactly. And I think it's the same thing with our life. You know, it's, you know, you, you, you um, come to the realization that you need some help you mm-hmm. know? and, you know, you, do you go out and get therapy? Um, do you go to a psychiatrist? Do you go to a therapist? Do you talk to a friend? But whatever, you have mm-hmm. to talk to someone, you have to get it out. And I think when you start doing that internal work, mm-hmm. so much is you know, exposed that you have to work on. So it's a daily work. It's not, oh, I'm gonna work on it for this week and next week I'm not going to. No, it's every day. It's a it's, it's a every day. Work. It's a daily work. It's a daily work because there's a lot that you have been ignoring. Mm-hmm. And it's looking you right in your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um you want were, were talking about tearing walls down. So how have you um, embraced tearing these walls down and, and what methods are you using to do that? At some point during this, and it was early on, I realized that in order to prevent myself from being hurt years ago, even when I was a child, I put walls up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person's never going to hurt me again. This is never going to, I'm going to make sure this doesn't hurt me again. Um, I'm going to give you one example. I just remember right here sitting down. Um, because I had so much craziness going on in my house, it was hard for me to connect to other people because my mind is like, am I going to get beat today? Is this going to happen today? So these, and a lot of times people can see greatness in you 
when you can't see it and it makes them jealous. So I was always a good student. Mm-hmm. And I, um, some out of nowhere, these gr- two girls at school said, hey, why don't you come walk home with us this week? And, and they hadn't ever talked to me before. So I was like, okay, that's great. I went to my last class of the day and I will never forget this girl. Her name is Michelle. And she pulled me aside and she said, I heard so-and-so, I don't remember the other girl's names. I heard so-and-so talking about you. And they said that they're going to beat you up on the way home and leave you in the swamp. There was like this group of trees on the eight or nine block walk on the way home. Mm-hmm. I thank God she told me that because my life and my my little uh, what was I sixth grade psyche was already weak then I don't know what would have happened if I had been jumped by a group of six or seven girls and left in a swamp right I thank God that she told me that however from that day on I put a wall up mm-hmm. every fringe every female friendship I had since then was very surface and superficial because I was never going to get to a point to, I was never going to put myself in a place where I could, where I would trust somebody who could hurt me. Yes. Yes. And I did that as a sixth grader mm-hmm. up until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that. And this example just came to mind right when you asked that question. So that was a wall that I put up, but I put up several walls. Once I got into my thirties, 40s, I realized, you know what? The walls that I have built to protect myself are actually harming me. Yes. Because no one is getting into me. No one's getting close to me. And I am not letting anyone in. And the way I have come against that now is there's a difference between a wall and a boundary. Yes. So the answer to your question is the way I have protected myself now with my healing is I set boundaries. Now, my boundaries are designed to show and feature the love that I have for myself by keeping certain things away from me, as opposed to a wall, which is trying to protect myself, if you can see that difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Keeping, setting an effective boundary actually holds, it doesn't mean that everybody around me has to be perfect. And I can hold space for someone who's having a bad day or who just doesn't understand. Uh, um, a, a boundary will do that. It will let you hold space. Right. A boundary is not going to let you, is not going to allow people to willfully and intentionally hurt me. And that's, that's the difference. Right. And a boundary, it can be broken if you let it be broken. Exactly. You know, and a wall is just there. Right. And, and it's it's protecting you from others, but it's also keeping you shut in and bound up. Exactly. And, and that's not what you want to do. You know, when I when I when you have boundaries, you can function normally. And because, you know, you're not going to allow this person to do this mm-hmm. that, or anything else. This mm-hmm. is what you're allowed to do. And this is what you're not allowed to do. You know, and I think having the boundaries is much, is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Like you said, a wall to me is keeping me in bondage as well, it does. you know? And I think you can test the validity of your boundary when a relationship ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very, I'm the kind of person that I am grateful that someone is in my life. 
But when it's time for that person to leave my life, I am not going to all of a sudden make the entire relationship bad. Right. This person has now come up against a boundary. We now have to split off and go this, but I still love you. Any secret you told to me in this relationship, I'm keeping that secret. I'm not going to put your business out there. Right. Right. Well, now that to me, that's the difference between a boundary and a wall. A wall is like, oh no, we done. And now I'm going to talk about you and you know, whatever, whatever. There, there is a difference. And you can see that when a relationship comes to an end. Because I love myself now, I don't fret over when it's time to read a relationship. I have some, some things that are absolutely um, no brainers. Yeah. Right. Breakers. Deal breaker. That's the word I was thinking. Deal breaker. And when I see that deal breaker, I am going to lovingly step back. Yes. Or even not even get involved. Or not even, or not, right. Or like not even sometimes go Sometimes I'm like, oh, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like that. I don't want that. You know, like, like for me, I met somebody, you know, and this is talking about, a, a, I guess, a, a man and woman relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He loved cats. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, yeah, I have, you know, these cats that are out in the, you know, out in the, um, out in the wild, I take care of them. And the I feral cats. Uh-huh. Yeah, feral cats. I couldn't think of the word. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not doing that. He's like, yeah. And then I got like three or four in the house. I'm like, oh no, I can't even <laughs> sit over there because I'm afraid it's going to be cat hair everywhere. So, you know, it's like, okay. So, you know, I seen that in the beginning. So I'm like, nope, I'm sorry. You know, I really can't talk to you. What? Because of cats? Yeah. Yes, because it can. exactly. And, and, and your, your boundary doesn't have to make sense to, any other, to anybody else. Whereas in times past, we would have thought, oh, but I like him. Well, maybe one, maybe I can work around it. Or two, maybe I can talk him into getting rid of the cats later. Yeah, no, and all of that comes from a, a, a lack mentality. Because really what you're saying is, I don't know if anybody else is going to show up. And I got this one now. So let me just go on with this one and, and we'll see what it's going to do. No, no, no. At at the outset, we see that this is not going to work. So, gonna have to back up. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but it's just it's crazy, you know. Yes. That, you know, and I enjoy setting the boundaries because now I think that I'm going into something, you know, with a male or female business relationship, whatever, because it's boundaries that are universal for me. Right. Uh, that I feel like, okay, I'm going into this with an open mind mm-hmm. you know, because I have boundaries. Now, if you do this, we can't do that. If you do this, then we can't do that. So then it doesn't make me do like you said, oh, well, maybe, you know, I can, you know, change that or change this. And it's almost like, you know, when we're looking at, excuse me, at red flags and we want to think they're yellow. Right. You know, proceed with caution. No, they're red and you need to stop. So that means that means are are broken or, you know, you have a personal boundary that I don't like. So let's just stop from the door. Mm -hmm. That reminds me. Okay. So the flag thing, and I, we've talked before, so I've said this before that when you're broken on the inside, you don't see color. So your red flag just looks like a flag Mm -hmm. and that flag is probably saying, keep going. So that's what we do. Right. I will never forget. I was in a counseling session. And my, my therapist said, there's a, and she paraphrased it from the Bible. There's a verse that says, to the hungry, even, the, even poison is sweet. 
Wow. To the, to the hungry, even the bitter is sweet, is what uh, King James says. But that's that's what it is. We we, we are so lonely. Mm-hmm. When we're talking boyfriend, girlfriend relationship now. We're, we're lonely and this person comes along. They seem to check all of our boxes. But the main box is they're here. Right. That that That's the main box. Mm-hmm. Some of my walls that I put up in the area of uh, relationships was that I'm waiting for the perfect person to show up. I'm waiting for someone who does this, that, that, and the other. And he's never going to hurt me. He's going to adore me. He's never going to hurt me. Well, right there, that's not, tr- that's, that's not even possible. Right. right. Okay. Because they're going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. They're going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. This is what boundaries does. And this is what self-love does. I no longer look for a partner who's not going to hurt me. I trust myself now. I don't, it's not like I'm trying to trust someone to not hurt me. I trust myself that no matter how you behave, I am going to act in a way that is accordance to my highest good. Yes, absolutely. I trust that if you show up and show out, I'm going to back up and walk away. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I did not have that in me. I'm in this relationship and why are you treating me like this? And how come we're not going to do that anymore? Because we're grown. That's right. That's right. We're grown. Look, it took us a minute to get grown. Now we're grown and we're not doing that anymore. We're, we're not, we're not doing we're that. Not doing that anymore. Now, and it's so, and it's, you know, that's so relevant because we all do it. I'm sure people in the audience, listening audience do it. Um, and just admit it that you do it because I've done it, you know, like, oh, well, maybe if I do this, you know, they'll do that. You mm-hmm. know, and if, if I just like, step back a little bit and, and look a little bit further, I can see the good in that. Mm-hmm. You know, or, it's, or, it's bad. Right. And he's been through so much. Yeah, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> so have I. And I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Exactly. You Listen, know? I want, I, I want, and I expect, and I will only accept the same energy that I'm going, that I'm giving Very out. Fine. I am not expecting perfection, but if, when, if I make a mistake, I'm going to apologize. If you make a mistake, I need you to apologize. You know, exactly. same energy. Exactly. And that's what women, well, not some women, I want to say that's what some women are not able to do. It's not like they don't want to do it. They're not able to do it because they haven't identified their emotional triggers. They haven't identified why they hurt, why they accept that. You know, why do you accept something lower than the stand, your standard? You know, why are you not showing up for yourself? You're showing up for him or her, right. you know, whatever. You know, show up for yourself and um, understand that emotionally, you do own what is going on because you have the capability of stopping it. You know, they may have the personality um, behavior Mm -hmm. issue, but what are you doing that you're not identifying it? What are you doing that you're not backing off from it? You know, that's one of the things that I had to say to myself in my um, domestic violence um, um, issue. Mm -hmm. Like, where was I that I didn't see him for who he was. Right. You know, did I see the red lights and think of it, you know, I mean, the red flag and think of it as just a flag. It's a flag, right. You know, or, you know, and he would say, 
you know, back in the day, I would do this. Back in the day, I would have acted this way. You know, back in the day meant today I do this. So back in the day was probably yesterday. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, he said back in the day, you know, he's this now and he's that now. You know, you always want to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. No, from from the first hour I met him, I think he must have given me like 10 red flags. The first hour. Yeah, but but he said back in the day, you know, I would have done this back in the day. And when I was younger, I would do that. No, just yesterday you did that. <laughs> and, and you're doing it today. Exactly. So we have to listen and be able to think enough of ourselves to say no and back up and go. Exactly. Not try and fix somebody that's grown. Not try and changing. Oh, well, let me, you know, I can change him. No, mm-hmm. and not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to change a grown. I'm not trying to change a grown behind man. Okay. This is what I'm saying. I'm not. And there are so many men out there who do meet that bar. Right. For some reason, if you're, but if you're, not, they're not going to be attracted to you and you're not going to attract them. Because you're not healed. Because you're not healed. Right. You because they're going to spot you from a side across yes. the room. They'd be like, oh, nope. Yep. You attract the same thing because you're doing the same thing. Exactly. You know? And once you realize you can't keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. I know it's a cliche and it's, it's quoted several times, but it is the absolute truth. You can't keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. And, and what, where are you at? How you feel about yourself? Right. Where's your self-esteem? Where's your self-worth? You know, I, I think it's a good idea for all women to spend a season alone, mm-hmm. getting healed, carry yourself out to dinner, buy yeah. yourself something, go on a vacation by yourself. So yeah. that way, when you're in a relationship and it looks very clear that um, this relationship needs to end, being, being alone is not, uh, your fear of being alone is not mm-hmm. one of the reasons that you keep hanging on. Right, right. And just like you said, I mean, I love that, what you said, like, take yourself out to dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, I buy myself flowers. Um, I buy myself gifts, all those things. And then it, it makes it like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, right. We're not doing exactly. That. We're not doing that. So it's, I think it's all boils down to our self-worth and our self-love, our self-esteem, you know, and all these things begin with self. So we have to put ourselves first. Exactly. And I think of it as being selfish. It's, it's, you deserve it. You deserve this. You deserve it. When um, I ended my marriage, I will never forget one of the things that my counselor said to me, because um, I was telling her, you know, I, like, like a lot of us here, I spent a lot of time going back and forth. Should I leave? Should I not leave? Once I decided that I was going to leave and started making steps in that area doors started flying open mm-hmm. and she, my counselor said that was god he was just waiting for you to make this decision yes yes he was, and and he did that yes and when you do that when you release it and give it to him and mm-hmm. leave it there don't give it to him and like oh you know what it's been like a month and you haven't done anything so let me take that back right because you're not doing anything it's in his perfect timing just like it says in scripture his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Our finite minds can't comprehend what he is doing, the plans that he has for our life. So we have to trust him. 
Exactly. And, and once we release it and give it to him for real, for real, do the doors start opening? And those doors open. Start well, opening. I'm not going to say that. Yes, absolutely. Those doors start opening. Absolutely. So, um, Pamela, as we wind down, I want you to um, tell us something about your books mm -hmm. and how we can um, purchase the, your books. I have written the Inside Out series. Um, it's called the Inside Out series because real change happens on the inside out, like we're talking about now. A lot of times we, we try to change what is around us. We try to change our partners, our jobs, our this, our that, thinking that since I've changed this thing on the outside, it's going to change me on the inside. It's not. You got to deal with your stuff. The Inside Out series are five books that deal with real life painful situations mm -hmm. that require more than church as usual. You know, this, I'm going to pray about it and you're in my thoughts and prayers. These people are dealing with, they deal with racism, eating disorders, sexual abuse, spiritual abuse, yeah. generational curses, all of that. And, and you see how God is in your life as you're going through this. And the books come against some of the lies we believe about God. Mm, because I, I, yeah. So, and it, a it is a, another, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. sis. I've learned a lot. I'm learning a lot. Um, mm -hmm. They've been a joy to write. God has helped uh, grow me through the writing of them. Each of one of these books, there's something I can tell you what God has taught me about myself and him in each one of these books. Mm -hmm. And um, they're on Amazon. The first two, the first three are on Amazon. The third one just went up over the weekend. And um, I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. So um, all to all my listening audience, I want you to um, check out Pamela. She's on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then um, check her out on Amazon. Support our sister and purchase her books. And Pamela, I thank you for spending this time with me and sharing, tearing the walls down. And I hope all you listeners got something from this because I did. So thank you so much. And I'll see you next time on PSM yes, Podcast. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you.